Hey guys, welcome back to the podcast. Today we're going to be talking about Mount Everest. I'm going to give you a little bit of a background behind Mount Everest and then we're also going to be talking about the dead bodies that are still on Mount Everest to this day. So just a fair warning, we are going to be talking about death. So listener's discretion is advised, but I hope you guys enjoy this episode. Alrighty, so on today's podcast, as you heard in the intro, today we're going to talk about Mount Everest. And I know what you're thinking, who cares about Mount Everest? Well, um, you should care about Mount Everest. And I'm going to I tell care about you, Mount Everest. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to tell you why you should care about Mount Everest. So, Hannah, when you think of Mount Everest, what's the first thing that comes to mind? Climbing. Yes. Okay. <laughs> Um, snow, mm-hmm. tall, yes, bucket list. Oh, those are my uh, yeah, okay, association so, words. Yeah, before I started even looking into Mount Everest, those would probably be like, you know, all I know is that it's a tall mountain. I, that's really all I know about, and I feel like is, most- is Mount Everest in Nepal? Yes, awesome. Yeah, I knew that. Yep, yeah, I knew that. I knew that. <laughs> I did not. Um, I thought it was in America. <laughs> what? Yeah. Cassidy Marie. I know. I literally thought. What's your middle name? What's your middle name? It's Lee. Lee. Okay. Yep. No, I knew that. I knew that. <laughs> I'm sorry. Anyways. Um, yeah. I don't know why I thought it was in America, but definitely not in America. And so that's um, how stupid I am. <laughs> Well, here's the confusing thing about it is it has a very like Western sounding name. Yeah. It's exactly. like Kilimanjaro. Like obviously that's not in the States. Yeah, exactly. I know I know why you would think that. Right. Yeah. Um, okay, so Mount Everest is the tallest mountain in the world. Um, it stands at over twenty nine thousand feet, which is almost six miles. Oh. Yeah. Miles? Six miles. That is unfathomable. Right? So, like, when you're standing at the bottom of it, can you even see the top? I don't know. That's crazy. Yeah. It's insane. I didn't realize that it was that tall. Oh, I don't know jack shite about this mountain. Mm -hmm. Other than that, it was in Nepal. I just knew that. Yeah. Yeah. I pulled that out of my asshole. So, even, like, um, when I read that it was 29,000 feet, like, you know, I'm like, okay, but how tall is that? Yeah. I'm like, Well, it's like when we were talking about that Olympic person. um, Yeah. And we were like, I don't know what that. Right. Yeah. I have to be feet or something. Yeah. That's why I converted it into miles because, like, that I can wrap my head around. But, Yeah. Yeah. Um, it is located in the Himalayan mountain range, which the Himalayan mountain range, they, uh, it runs across five different countries, which I didn't, yeah, I didn't realize it was that huge. Yeah, that's huge. (laughs) So it is in, uh, Bhutan, China, India, uh, Nepal, and Pakistan. Oh, wow. Yeah. I didn't know it was that big. Yeah, me either. I didn't know it was that big either. Um, and it. So Mount Everest is in Nepal, um, mm-hmm. but it also kind of shares a border with China. So, oh, okay. yeah. So uh, the second tallest mountain is actually in uh, the Himalayan mountains as well, and it's called K2. Um, and apparently it's like one of the most dangerous mountains to, you can climb, which I found interesting because 
after reading more about Mount Everest, I thought that white might be the most dangerous, but apparently K2 is definitely, it's more dangerous than uh, Mount Everest. So why is it called K2? Isn't that a drug? It, yes. Um, I don't know why it's called K2. I didn't look too much into it. Um, but when I first read that, that was the first thing I thought about was K2. Yeah, like the drug. Isn't that like a synthetic marijuana? Yeah, maybe they named Weird. K2 the drug after the mountain. After K2. the mountain. Yeah. That makes way more sense. Well, the one thing I do know about, or that I think I know about the Himalayas, is that it's very jagged. Yes. It's very like spiky and jagged. So that makes sense mm-hmm. that it would be really dangerous. Yeah, definitely. Um, so yeah, so if you want to climb Mount Everest, you could either, there's two routes you can take one that's in China and one that's in Nepal. And Mm -hmm. I'll go more into detail about why that's important later. Mm -hmm. Um, so in Nepal, they call the mountain, um, it's called, I'm going to pronounce a lot of these names wrong because it's in a different country, but it's doing our best. Yes. Um, (laughs) I'm going to guess Sarga, Sarga Matha. And it means goddess of the sky. Ooh, pretty. Yeah. And what I found interesting, so I have uh, done a lot of research about Mount Everest, and I've also watched uh, two documentaries about it. Ooh. And before you climb Mount Everest, they all get together and they ask, they ask the mountain for permission, pretty much. <gasps> That's nice. Yeah. So they have like a full ceremony where they pretty much, they, you know, they pray to this God saying like uh, the God of the mountain, um, mm-hmm. pretty much asking, you know, asking for permission and asking for a safe trip. So I thought that was really interesting. So does the mountain ever say no? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> like, are they just asking just to be polite, but then yeah. they like go anyway? <laughs> oh, yeah. Absolutely. I mean, I like the idea. I like the idea. Right. That's cool. Yeah. So then it kind of gives you kind of like a, you know, th- we were really doing this right now. Like we're going to climb this now. And I feel like it gets people kind of like excited to do it. Oh, oh yeah, yeah, absolutely. That's cool. So um, the first successful summit to Everest was in 1953. Um, but there have been people who have tried to climb to the to the top since at least 1922. Um, so after someone finally did it, they're like, okay, so it is possible. Then that's when the mountain really started to get some momentum. And a lot of people started going to the mountain to climb it because they now know that it is possible to reach the top because they weren't sure beforehand. Mm-hmm. So many people attempted, but d- didn't quite make it. So Does that mean they died or does that mean they just turned around and went back? They probably turned around and went back or, you know, a lot of people did die from like 1922 until you know, recent. So, I mean, I'm sure a lot of people did, but yeah. yeah. Okay. Um, so over 4,000 people have successfully summited Mount Everest. 4,000? 4,000 people. That's a lot. Yeah. I was thinking like 40. Yeah. (laughs) No. (laughs) You know, that's a lot of people. Yeah. Wow. Um, Since 1952? Yeah. Since 1953. um, 53. More than 4,000 people who have successfully summited Mount Everest. That is like 20 times more than I expected. Yeah. Because it's crazy. It's interesting because there are so many people that climb that mountain. It's Mm -hmm. insane because – I'll get more into detail about it later, but one of the biggest complaints that people have about Mount Everest is it's overcrowded. Is that that just there's too many people on the mountain who want to make it to the top? So I found that really interesting because it's like 
it's such a dangerous mountain to climb. I don't know why people have this urge to do it. Um, but yeah, they say like a lot of the people that are very experienced or people that, that have climbed it more than once, um, they say that overcrowding is a huge, huge problem. I never in a million years would have thought that. Yeah, me either. I mean, I'm just, I guess I'm just not a thrill seeker. Yeah. So I just don't, I don't have any desire to climb a ginormous mountain that could kill me. Yeah. That's so bizarre. It's like the world's a fun up there. The lines are too long. Yeah. That's wild to me. I thought it would be like every few months or so, a couple guys try to go to the top and then may or may not make it, Mm. may have to turn around, whatever. Yeah, no. But there's just constantly people trying to climb it. That's so insane to me. Oh my God. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Especially during like a climbing season because they try to go before winter. Um, Mm. because obviously because you know, the, you know, the weather can change literally in seconds. So yeah. It's so high up in the sky. They're the first Um, to get snow. Yeah. Yep. Um, but out of the 4,000 people that tried to summit or the people, the 4,000 people that have summited Everest, there have been over 300 deaths, um, since 19, you know, recorded 1922, but I'm sure there's probably been people before then, Mm -hmm. um, that have tried, but, uh, climbing Everest is extremely dangerous because a, the weather, um, can change literally the split of a second blizzards. Mm -hmm. Uh, there have been recorded, Wind speeds over a hundred miles per hour, um, towards the top. Yeah, Jeez. yeah, that'll just fling you right off. Yeah, they have to like literally like tie them, cr- them, yeah, down to the thing so they don't just float off into Blow the away. Oh my god! That's yeah, just, why would you ever do that? I don't know. I have no. You know idea. what's you know what's exciting? A nice glass of wine. Yep. <laughs> you know, and a couch. I find that thrilling. Yeah, I love a good board game on a Saturday oh, night. Yeah, Yahtzee. yeah. You, I you never Yahtzee. know when you're going to get an, a Yahtzee, and to me, that's it's, exciting. You know what? You know what's even more exciting? Hmm. A bonus Yahtzee. Yes, <laughs> that's a square and an extra hundred points. If you didn't know, it's very exciting. I've never gotten a double Yahtzee before, but you know what? It's rare. It's rare. It's my goal. <laughs> I bet more people have climbed Everest than have gotten double Yahtzees. <laughs> have you ever gotten a, a double Yahtzee before? Oh, I have. Yeah. Once. Maybe twice. Yeah. Yeah. I'm lucky if I get away with one Yahtzee. <laughs> but yeah, um, it's it's crazy. I mean, there's a lot of adrenaline junkies out there who, you know, that's their main goal. A lot of mountaineers, their main goal is to climb Everest, you know? So. Yeah. So, and the other thing that's really dangerous about it is, uh, they have, so like climbing Everest is, is a, uh, is a two month or ordeal, which really takes you two months to get to the top. Yes. Wait, like you're climbing to the top for two months. Yep. Isn't that that mind blowing? I was thinking like an afternoon. No. So you're just sleeping? (laughs) What? (laughs) What? Yeah, I was sleeping on the mountain. I looked it up, and it's it's two months. And then one of the documentaries that I watched, it's called um, it's on Discovery Plus. Which, if you don't have Discovery Plus, highly recommend. Not a sponsor, Mm. but love it. Mm. Sponsor us, Discovery Plus. Yeah, I watch you every day. (laughs) 
Um, so I was watching this one called Understanding Everest, um, where a guy named Aunt Middleton tries to make it to the top, and they do make it to the top, but I get I they said it took him three months. Climbing a mountain yeah. for three months straight. Mm-hmm. Isn't that crazy? What? Yeah, Never. I had no idea. Never yeah, ever I would have guessed. Absolutely. Yeah, because I I'm the same way for you. Wait, I guess it's just so hard to wrap our brains around how big this mountain is. Like, well, yeah, because I was like, yeah, oh, maybe six maybe, miles. Yeah, so it's like, okay, well, maybe it takes I don't know two days. <laughs> I, yeah, I was thinking like a weekend. How yeah. long does it take to walk six miles? It takes at a normal pace an hour and a half to walk six miles. Yeah, but you have to understand so, like the but they're going the, up a mountain. So in my pea-sized brain, I would think okay, like a few days. Yeah. Months? Yep. I cannot fathom. Cuz like hiking for months at a time. Yeah. So they um you have to fly to Nepal and then you mm-hmm. go to this remote area in Nepal mm-hmm. and you meet with these guys they're called Sherpas. And yeah. Sherpas main job is to a carry all your crap up like the first part of the mountain which i don't understand that but um these guys pay these sherpas and it's crazy because like you you have to pack a lot of crap because you are you know it's a two-month ordeal so you have to have a lot of stuff and when i was watching the documentary um the sherpa has all this stuff on a string and he carries it on his forehead he puts like this thing over his forehead and that that's how he carries it up. <laughs> that can't be good for your neck. Yeah. Yeah. How far how far up do the sherpas go? So they go up to the first base. So there's four, well there's technically five bases. So you the first base that you go to is um the base 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 like the main one. Um, and that's where you ask the mountain for permission to where you get like all your good meals from, um, you know, you just kind of stay there to start your journey to get to the top. And so then, is this like a village? Like, do people live there? Yes. They or do. like what's at the base? Oh, okay. Yeah. So they, uh, it's a, it's a very, very remote area. Um, uh-huh. and the Sherpas do live there. Oh, and, okay. um, from my understanding, it's like a generational thing, like, you know, there have been Sherpas that have been around for years and years, and then like their son will do it, and then that person's son will do it. So these Sherpas have been around for decades, and their main responsibility is to pretty much just get you up to the first base. So when you're at home base, and that's you know where you get started and everything, the first base you have to climb up this huge area that's all ice, like the entire thing is ice. And they have these things called crevasses, where it's literally a crack in the uh, ice, and then it goes down for miles. So you, they take these rugged... Like down the mountainside? Yeah. I'm looking up a picture. Of a crevasse. They're cool. I mean, they're really interesting uh, how they work. Jeez. Yeah. They're huge. Yeah. Oh, here's a map of the thing with all the bases. Okay, cool. Um, And so... The Sherpas go up that first, like, their main job is to get the climbers stuff up that that thing of of ice. Uh-huh. <laughs> um, yeah, that's it's long. 
Yeah. I'm looking at, a, I'm just looking at a little map. It's called an ice fall. Mm-hmm. Is that what you're talking about? Mm-hmm. That section? Oh, okay. So from base camp to camp one, looks like over halfway to me. I know. It's so, it's really hard to like picture in your mind. Cause when you look at the bases, you're like, oh, that's not that long. No, that won't take very long. Yeah. But then like, right. But I'm assuming like the base camp that the picture that I'm looking at, I'll post this on our Instagram that I'm looking at is probably just a lot closer to us. Mm -hmm. I don't know. Oh, you have to go through what's called an avalanche path. That sounds like fun. Yeah. (laughs) Wow. Okay, cool. Yeah. So one of the uh, documentaries that I um, was watching, no, I was watching it on YouTube um, about like they were interviewing Sherpas because people Mm -hmm. don't, like they're not as appreciative as they should be because these people literally are, are like the ones that are getting you up there. Yeah. <laughs> and exactly. um, uh, there was a avalanche that happened and like, like six people died. They were <gasps> just buried under snow and ice. Oh my God. Yeah. So it's wow. crazy. But um, so the, one of the last uh, little areas that you have to get through to make it to the top is called the death zone. <laughs> oh, love that. And the reason Sign why me up. Yeah. So the reason why it's called that is because the oxygen level that that once you get up there, it's mm. slim to none. Because I right. mean you're you're almost at the altitude of what a plane flies in. And so imagine being in a plane, but it's not pressurized. Like I have been in a non-pressurized aircraft. It is not an enjoyable experience. Really? <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, oh gosh, you don't fly that high when you're in a non-pressurized plane. Oh. But I did – where is the farthest I flew non-pressurized? South Dakota. Oh, wow. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I didn't know uh, that. That's interesting. Not ideal. I mean, it's like driving down the highway with all the windows down. <laughs> but, like, faster. <laughs> yeah. No, thank Not you. ideal. Not ideal. Yeah, so you – uh, absolutely have to have an oxygen tank, an, an oxygen tank to make it to the top. Yeah. Um, so that's like been people. I just I'm a hundred percent gonna watch videos of like what people pack to go up Everest. Because yeah. I am a severe overpacker. I would need eight mm-hmm. Sherpas just for me, <laughs> right. and they would have to go <laughs> the whole way with me. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah, no, because like a lot of people when like for base camp, they uh pack like um full tables, things to have a complete meal because that's like the last time you're gonna have like a hot meal. Um yeah. is gonna be at base camp. And so, so then they what, pack you have, like cliff bars and Yeah, camps? that's what I'm I assume. Yeah. And they'll bring or like um, astronaut food. Yeah. <laughs> Cause like a lot of people will bring um like they they bring something to boil water with because frostbite is like a huge thing that happens there and so they will boil water to get it back to like a normal like in warm temperatures to warm up your body or have or have like that steam to warm up your fingers and your toes because mm. you know they say that mm-hmm. when it cuz like the lowest that it can go once you're up there is negative 40 degrees yeah and so Ugh. you can get frostbite, they said, in, like, within two or three minutes. Like exposed skin. Mm-hmm. Yeah. With the wind and how cold it gets, yeah. It's crazy. Two or three minutes? Mm-hmm. How do you go to the bathroom? 
I don't know. You gotta have your whole butt out. Yeah. Your whole butt's gonna get frostbite. I don't know. <laughs> I can't pee in a minute. <laughs> well, uh, a, lot of, poop? a lot of them uh, will carry bottles and they pee in their tents. What about pooping? I don't know. You gotta poop in your tent? You gotta poop in a bag? I can't pinch out a loaf in two minutes. <laughs> There's no way. I, well, I don't know. This if is anybody... unrealistic. I know. It's crazy. <laughs> it's crazy. Wow. I'm just, the more you say, the more I'm like, this is a joke. Yeah. There's no way people do this for yep. fun. A lot of people do it, which is. A lot like, of people do yeah, it. Yeah, which is the most insane part. So, Ugh. yeah. Um, I, when I was watching, so the other reason why they call it the death zone, and this is why it's crazy that they let so many people climb this mountain at one time. When I was watching Understanding Everest with, uh, with Aunt Middleton, he makes it to the top and he calls his wife and his kids. You know, like, I made it. I'm at the top of the world. You know, you're at the highest point that you can They have see. cell phone service at the top of Everest? I don't – it it was like a radio thing, um, oh. but he was able to call his wife. I don't know. I was thinking that too, but you can't talk on the phone for very long because it will literally get frozen. So, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, crazy. so, he was up there for, I don't know maybe a couple of minutes, got off the phone. And then as soon as he got off the phone, it started snowing like a lot and no one saw it. No one knew it was coming. And he was like, well, I need to get back down to um, an area where, you know, it can be safer as soon as possible. And mm -hmm. when you get towards the top of Everest, there's a cliff and it is very thin. Like only one person, you can only stand on that place right there, like to, you know, before you can get to the top that you can't go around or anything. You have to go back down the same way you came back up. Mm -hmm. And so when he was up there, he looked and he was in a line of probably 40 people. He was in what they call a queue. And so he, at the top of the mountain, at the top of the mountain, there's a line of people waiting to get to the top. Yep. Oh my god! On a very tiny little cliff that really only so it's like single file. Yep. Ugh. Yeah, and so the fact that there's more than one person up there at a time, other than like your hiking party, is insane to me. It blows my mind. And so he had to stand up there and wait. And he said, uh, "So his his cameraman already made it back down to the other base, and uh, he said it took him like I want to say." like 15 hours or something crazy to get back down because there was just so many people in this queue. Yeah. And it's snowing. And it's snowing, like blizzard. <laughs> what the hell? I know. Okay, so here's my question. Is this not regulated? No. So it sounds like somebody needs to do some regulation. Yes, so. And I'm not one for regulating. Yeah. I'm not a pro-regulator person, but I'm thinking some Sherpas need to have some, like, maximum occupancy situations going on. Yes. Because yeah. Jesus so, Christ, that's a lot of yeah. people. <laughs> um, so, like I said in the beginning, the, um, Mount Everest, they share a bridge with China and Nepal. Mm -hmm. China has regulations to, Shocker. you know. Yeah, right. <laughs> to how many people can go up there, you know, how experienced of a climber are you? They, like, have to, like, go through this, the like, the whole rigmarole to get, you know, so you are able to do it. Nepal, yeah. you and I can go. <gasps> like, yeah. <laughs> they have 
absolutely no regulations. You can have a group of 200 people show up and they're like, great, because they want the money for it. So when I was looking at, you know, the village and everything, um, like, you could tell that Mount Everest was their main source of income. And because you have to pay. Yeah. How much do the Sherpas get paid? Yeah. I don't know. Probably not that much, honestly. Mm. Sounds like maybe I'd, they I'd charge more and then they wouldn't have to let 200 people go up at a time. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, one of Aunt's, uh, like Aunt Middleton's complaints were people that were on there are not experienced enough to climb Mount Everest and there was just too many people. So, like, the Sherpas will allow anybody to go up there. So, if you and I went up there, like, we want to climb Mount Everest, and they would, like, take two looks at us and be like, okay, <laughs> you know? Like, they just, mm-hmm. they don't care. They'll let literally anybody they want up there. Hmm. Which I'm is looking insane up- to me, because... That is ridiculous. I don't think Sherpas get paid very much. It says here... That they can make five to eight thousand dollars in a season, and that's their only job. And I'm assuming elite Sherpas can make four to five thousand dollars in two months. That's not very much money. No, and that's West- and it says all they do. It says by comparison, Western guides make as much as fifty thousand dollars plus tips. Yeah. What? Yep. And they're carrying all your shit. Yeah. <laughs> That's insane. Pay the Sherpas. Yeah. Pay yeah. the Sherpas. <laughs> Pay the Sherpas. <laughs> oh They're my literally God, born and raised to do this, and that's all they get paid, which is insane. I feel like, you know what? I feel like they are not aware that they can ask however much they want. Yeah. And people will pay it. Yeah. Because I don't know how much it costs to climb Mount Everest, you know? I don't know what Americans pay to do it. I don't know. But Too much, I'm sure. Probably, and then these people are only getting, you know, that much. But yeah. 20 bucks. Yeah. So um, there are no regulations. And the other documentary that I was watching, um, which is called uh, Die or Live Mount Everest. And... Their main complaint was that in Nepal, there is absolutely no regulations to climbing at all. And they said if they if they had regulations, like the overcrowding problem wouldn't be an issue. And if the if it wasn't if they had a regulation, you know, Ant could have died on the top of that mountain because of this really long queue. You know, he if mm-hmm. he didn't have enough oxygen in his tank to get down, he could have died because of the overcrowding. Mm-hmm. And people that are unexperienced, they go up there and they think they can do it, probably haven't climbed a mountain in their whole lives, but, the, you know, this is what they want to do. Um, you know, they can cause other people to die as well because of mm-hmm. their little mistakes that they would make. So if they had regulations, I feel like the death toll would probably come down because oh, yeah. in 2019, I believe they said that like 12, 11 or 12 people died in just a couple days. Yeah, just in a couple day time frame, uh, eleven or twelve people died. Jeez. Yeah, it's insane. Wow. Yep. 
so we're gonna go on about death so yes if um you know death and destruction yeah if you don't love hearing about dead bodies on top of everest then go ahead and click away now (laughs) listen to one of our other lovely episodes about yeah um (laughs) so the first death recorded was in 1922 um there was an avalanche that happened and seven sherpas died on the mountain (gasps) the sherpas Mm -hmm. That's yeah. really sad. If you go on Wikipedia and you look up like the list of deaths that happen on Mount Everest, a lot of them are Sherpas. Oh. Because they are inexperienced. Um, they, you know, might have not climbed a mountain before and they just need a job. And, you know, so yeah, a lot of them are Sherpas. Well, and like their odds are higher because they're the ones that are pretty much always going. Yep. Absolutely. If that makes sense. Yeah. yeah. And the last record recorded death was in 2019. A, Christa, a guy named Christopher died from an unexpected heart attack while trying to reach the the, the top of the mountain. Can uh, you imagine working your whole life to climb Mount Everest and then you just have a heart attack? Yeah. That sucks. Yeah. It's crazy. I mean, I'm sure it was like related to the event, but like. Yeah. It was probably still due to exhaustion. And then on top of that, your oxygen isn't great. Yeah. And your body just, you know, can't take it. Mm-hmm. Wow. I read on there that um, in 2020, they did shut down for quite a while um, due to COVID. And I yeah. think I think they're up now, but they only let a certain amount of people on the uh, on the mountain at one point. Which well, I, about time. I know. It took a pandemic for them to realize. Like, <laughs> <laughs> that they, oh, my God. Yeah. So wow. um, the oldest body discovered on Mount Everest, which is an interesting story because the details, there's not a whole lot of details, but I watched the YouTube video and there is one out there. And to preface, there is videos and pictures of these bodies. So if you're interested, if you have that weird curiosity, like I do, they're definitely out there. Um, But the oldest body on there was uh, a man named Gregory Mallory. Um, he was from the UK, and in 1924, him and his other mountaineers decided to summit Everest. Um, recording to others, him and his other friends were out there. They were climbing it, and then the last known like sighting of Gregory and his other mountaineers uh, was on the northeast side of the ridge, but then they never saw him again. They were missing, couldn't find them for years and years and years. So they just expected, you know, they they died up there. You know, a lot of people do. And so, you know, um, so flash forward to 1999, 75 years later, due to climate change, the ice caps on the top of Everest, they're melting. And as they are melting, more and more bodies are being discovered, which is so insane. <laughs> they're just it's like a graveyard. It really is. And but they're just are they like preserved because it's so cool? I mean, it's like a freezer. Yep. <gasps> so there's just these fully intact frozen bodies. Oh my god, that's horrifying. Yeah. <gasps> yeah. <laughs> so I'm and, picturing like skeletons. These are probably like full bodies. Yeah, they absolutely are. Yeah. <gasps> oh my god. And they can't get them down because it's so high up there. Well, yeah. How how you don't have a freaking what are those things called? Helicopter gondola. i'm sorry it's not funny but that's horrifying yeah yeah so um as the snow caps are melting on everest 
um, people are discovering more bodies. And in 1999, a group of climbers were climbing and they saw this thing. And they, the guy said it looked like just like um, he thought it was snow, like a you know a little thing of snow on the mountains. And then oh. when he went up there, he saw like heel, like a, like a heel of a foot, um, saw like a leg, and he was like, "That's a human." <gasps> and so um, everything was completely mummified, like everything. His skin was completely intact. Like, <laughs> oh my god! Um, the only thing that was weird is that um, I couldn't tell. This is going to be morbid, but I couldn't tell if his head was still attacked or not, attached or not, because it was underneath the gravel. So really, the only part of his body that was exposed was like his back, um, his arms, and his feet and his legs. But his head, I couldn't tell if his head was gone or if it was just underneath the gravel. Mm. And so the guys go over there and um, he has still one of his boots on. The other boot was gone. Um, His shirt was kind of like shredded and they looked at his tag on his shirt and it said Mallory. And Mm. so they're like, this has to be Gregory. Yeah, this has to be Gregory Mallory who went missing in 1922. Was he alone? He was not alone. They never found the other bodies. Oh, so when they found him, he was alone, but he didn't go up there alone. Yeah. Yeah. He went up there with a group of mountaineers, but he was the only one that was found. So, yeah. Um, Oh, my God. And what's interesting, so they said this has to be Gregory Mallory, which I don't know how people are like, oh, that's him. Unless people like, (laughs) no, unless people knew that he was missing. I don't know how you would whatever. But um, so on the back of his shirt, it did say say Mallory. Um, But I guess his daughter or somebody who was still alive at the point was like, well, did he have a picture of his wife in his pocket? Because that's how we would know, because he always had a picture of him and his wife in his pocket. And they said no, and she was automatically like, well, it's not him. I was like, well, you know, he has been in snow for 75 years. Um, The paper could, like, disintegrate. Right. And, like, yes, his body was very well conserved, but he had another boot, and the boot was completely gone. But yeah. his other boot that was attached to his foot was there. But, like, half of his shirt is gone. Like, you know, there was no way that that picture would still be there. So I believe that it is him. But I guess some of his family members um, say otherwise. But I don't know. I think it's him. <laughs> Are there any other Mallory's that perished up there? I mean. I don't know. One of, one of the guys on the – it's a YouTube video of, like, when they discovered his body. They're like, well, maybe – Maybe, you know, he was up there and he did die, but then somebody else, like, maybe part of his group borrowed his shirt. But, like, why would you... Uh, I don't... I don't know. I don't know that. I don't know about that. Yeah. Hmm. I don't know. Yeah. So, uh, the other person that... um, I couldn't... I couldn't find out if if it's still there or not. Um, The details of that is still eerie. But this other one is a a famous one and her name is sleeping beauty and um the reason why she's called sleeping beauty i will get to but her name is francis um she is from the united states she was born in hawaii and she is known as the first woman to successfully summit mount everest without an oxygen tank so yeah she made it all the way up to the top without an oxygen tank, and i don't know so they did have one at some point because 
you'll know why later. But it's like, I don't know if she just decided that she wanted to do it without one or they like, just didn't pack one. I'm not sure, but she did make it to the top without an oxygen tank. That's insane. Yeah. Why? 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 <laughs> I don't know why anybody would be like, you know what? I've never climbed Everest. I don't know what it's like to not have any oxygen in my body, but I'm going to make it without one. You know, <laughs> it's like, why? Let's make something very dangerous, extremely dangerous. Yeah. Let's make this 10 times more dangerous. Oh my gosh. Yeah. So she did. Her and her husband made the trip. Um, his name was Sergey. And so they made it to the top successfully. And it was during their descent where um, I believe a uh, – no, there wasn't a blizzard. I don't know why I thought there was a blizzard. There wasn't. So they were trying to make it down to the next base. And um, she and her husband got separated somehow. I don't – the details are very, you know, there and not there because, you know, obviously, you know, because she's dead. So – we're not really sure, but um, they get separated, and her husband actually makes it down to the next base, but he falls asleep, wakes up the next morning, and realizes that his wife did not make it to the next base, which I don't know. You would think you would be, like, holding hands the whole time. I know. <laughs> this isn't a mall. Yeah. You don't just get separated and then go to bed. Yeah. I don't know how they got separated. No one knows. Um so he wakes up the morning. This seems like um sketchy murder situation. <laughs> this is you know sus. what I mean? Yeah. Sus. <laughs> oh my god. Suspish, as Bailey Sarian would say. Yes. Sorry. Um so he wakes up the next morning, realizes his wife is did not make it back. So he's like, Well, I have to go find her, obviously. So he packs an oxygen tank. Okay, why didn't you guys take one while you went up there in the first place? <laughs> why did you go back to base and go to bed without your wife? I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> I don't understand. <laughs> what, year, what year was this? This was 1980, um, no, 19, 1998. Okay. So. Inexcusable. Yeah. So he, I don't know if he gets, got an oxygen from somebody else or they already had one, but... In my opinion, if you're going to go all the way out to Everest without an oxygen tank, you're an idiot. Like, Yeah, it sounds like they were accessible. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> you absolutely have to have one. Dang yes. it. So, Breathing is important. Yeah, it's a vital thing to our living. <laughs> <laughs> you know what else is vital to living? What? Not, not climbing Everest. Yeah. <laughs> Number one thing <laughs> it's to survive. Don't climb a mountain. Yeah. You literally can do anything in the world that, you know, is safe and um, you'll still be alive. I don't know. Still, it's 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 a mystery to me why anybody would want to do this. But it's also a mystery to me why anybody would climb, um, what's that mountain? The one that's a, the background on all Apple things. I don't know. It's not important. Um, but there's a mountain in California that a person completely, like, he free climbed it. You know what that means? Uh -huh. Where you don't like just climb it. Yeah, there's no, it, there's a whole documentary about it. It's insane. I don't know why anybody would ever do that. He literally climbed this mountain without anything, not with like a backpack, and that's it. Yeah, it's a. So there's, there's a documentary about it. It's called Free Climb or something. I don't know. It's really interesting. I highly recommend it. I really, I really enjoyed it. But um, yeah, just people. 
I don't know, man. I just don't have that adrenaline junkie thing that most people have. I don't yeah. care, you know? Exactly. If I, yeah. the, the energy that I get is, um, you know, if I slide on the ice a little bit, that's the most adrenaline I would like to have, so. Well, yeah. <laughs> well, like this guy that climbed that, the mountain that we can't figure out the name of. It's like, yeah, people people climb mountains. That's pretty cool. People climb mountains and die. That sucks. I'm going to do it and not bring anything to help me. Yeah. What? Yeah. Just to say that you did, nobody's mm-hmm. impressed. Everybody just thinks you're psychotic. Yep. I don't get it either. But anyways. <laughs> <laughs> um, so he, uh, Francis' husband, Sergey, gets an oxygen tank and also gets medication to go find his wife so mm-hmm. he goes up back up the mountain to try to find her the details after that we don't know so later mm-hmm. on does he die too he does <gasps> yeah he does die oh, no. mm-hmm. so um yeah so later on in the, in the day or i don't know if it was right after not sure don't know the timeline timeline is iffy so other climbers find Frances, and she's just laying on like a cliffside of the mountain, like she was sleeping. Like she was laying mm-hmm. completely like a bed. Yeah, she's completely flat on her back. So they went over to her, and I guess her face was completely white. Oh. It was very, very frostbitten, and she was mm-hmm. very she kind of delusional in and out. And so the guy, the, per- the people that went up to her. She just kept repeating and repeating. They said it was like a broken record. Please don't leave me. Please don't leave me. Please don't leave me. So what do they do? Leave her. (laughs) So they were like, we're going to go. Wait, she was alive? Yes. She was alive at the time. So. Oh, my God. They go back down to try to get help. And not even 30 minutes later, they go up to go see her. And she had already passed. Well, obviously. Yeah. So, um. They name her Sleeping Beauty because her white was pure white. Um, she was in. She was laying completely flat on her back with her hands on her chest, and people say that it looked like she was just waiting for her prince charming to come and rescue her. Um, the details of if she's still up there, I'm gonna guess that she probably is, um, especially because it is so hard to get bodies down. Because what are you gonna do? Carry her? Right. Like you can't. Yeah. Um. So. I don't I'm gonna guess that she probably is still there. Um later on they do find her husband, Sergey. Um he was they they call it a proper burial. I don't know if that's really how you would call it. So they do find his body, he is frozen. Um they lay American flag on him and put a teddy bear up on top of him. And I guess that's what they call a proper burial on top of Everest, but uh he is still up there, so wow. So those were just the two. There are many bodies. Well, yeah. You said like what, 400? Like 300 at least. Yeah. Wow. Um, and it's there. there's other ones. Like there's this guy named Green Boots. He's like probably the most famous one that's uh, up there. That's the one I saw on TikTok, I think. Yeah. So like the reason why the, the whole thing that sparked this is that Hannah and I saw a thing on TikTok of this lady who was talking about the dead bodies on Everest. And I'm like. I always knew that there were bodies up there. Um, I did not. Oh, really? <laughs> it didn't even cross my mind. Yeah. I I knew that, but I didn't know the details and how, like, how mm. crazy <laughs> Mount Everest is. Um, but there is a guy named Green Boots. He 
has been identified, but not really. And um, people have said that his body like disappeared one day. And then like a couple like weeks later, he returned. Um, so yeah, there's like a whole backstory on that. But um, and then there's this other guy that's up there. And when people pass by him, they think that he's just taking like he's resting like he's a climber that's resting. But he literally died in a position where he was laying on the ground. His knees were up on him and his knees were rested like this and he froze. So his body like in a crouched position. Yeah. His and a crou- by his chest. When people walk by and they're like, oh, it's just a climber who's resting a break not realizing that that man died it's in a that dead position man. yeah oh my god yeah well, he just froze in that but he just froze to death yep. in that position literally froze to death in that position wow yeah well yeah so i didn't realize that there were bodies up there because i did not think that that many people went up there mm-hmm. like i was just totally oblivious to the fact that thousands of people are climbing this insane mountain yep wow yeah it's crazy wow um, oh my god when I was watch- watching the um, the other documentary about it, uh, Live or Die on Everest, um, they were uh, climbing and they were trying to get up this other part of the mountain and there was a guy who was just kind of like slumped over and they're like, oh, that's the guy that died yesterday. <laughs> it's just when I don't, they just, it's like another day for them, you know? That's what that's insane. Yeah, they just, they just walk up and they're like, oh, he died yesterday, you know? Yeah. I mean, I guess you expect it if you're <laughs> going to go through that, but why would you go through that? I don't know. And like, I think <sighs> most of the things that people get um, frustrated by or that people get disgusted by is that they use these dead bodies as landmarks, you know? Like oh, mm. if once you reach once you reach green boots, you only have this many miles until the top. Like it's just it's disgusting, <laughs> you know. It's like oh, when you see Sleeping Beauty, you got at least another three hours until you know. It's just it's it's insane. Oh my god, yeah, that's horrifying. <clears throat> but like when people climb it and they see a dead body, it's literally like it's nothing. And yeah. when I was watching um the one with with Aunt Middleton, um. He when he was trying to make it down to the bottom, or no, when his cameraman was trying to make it to the bottom, I guess there was this other guy who was stuck, like on the cliff side, and mm-hmm. um, he was he was he kept saying he was like I just wanted to look away because the Sherpa was like I need a knife so we can cut his rope to let him just go down the side of the mountain, like yeah. So the Sherpas are just, just like, tumble head over heels down a mountain. Yeah. They're like, well, he's, there's no way this guy's going to get up. Does anybody have a knife so I can cut his rope? Like, just don't care. And I guess when the guy heard, like the guy that was down there, like that was about to get chopped off the side of the effing mountain. Um, I guess when he heard that, like something kicked in him because he like went into full gear and he was able to get out. And I'm like adrenaline. Yeah. He was able to. Maybe that's why the Sherpa said that. Maybe. Maybe that works more often than not. I don't know. But the guy that's. The only piece of humanity I can give back to that situation. So Aunt Middleton, he was like, well, or the cameraman, he said he like could not. He he was just so scared. And like, he was like the one moment I looked over and he was about to get chopped off the side of the mountain. And I looked over and the next minute he's up and walking around because he knew that if he didn't do something right now, he was going to get chopped off the side of the mountain and yes. it's insane. It's just so crazy. And um, it, if you climb Everest, you just kind of have to have like this this thought in the back of your head. You're like, I am going to see a dead body. They are going to be frozen. They are going to be. There. I might be a dead body. Yeah. And I might be one of those people that are just up on this graveyard of 
a mountain. But yeah. I cannot believe that. Yeah. It's insane. So um, I think my question is that, you know, if there was uh, more regulations on the Nepal side of Everest, would we see a downfall of deaths? Like, would we see a decline in how many people die on this mountain? I mean, you would think there would be less per year. Mm -hmm. I think people are still going to go up there and die. Yeah. Because it doesn't make it any less dangerous. I guess it would just make it less frequent, which is good. Mm -hmm. I mean, I think China has the right idea with not only regulating it so that less people are going up there and dying, but also so that the people that are going up there are having a more enjoyable experience if they make it. (laughs) You know what I mean? Yeah. Like not getting stuck in a a line at the top of Mount Everest like you're at Target on a Sunday afternoon. Mm -hmm. You know? Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. I would feel better about climbing something like that if there were more regulations, personally. Absolutely. And when I was watching the two documentaries that I watched, uh, like, none of the people that I watched looked like they were having a good time, you know? How could you? Yeah. How could you have a good time? I don't know. You're half dying the whole time for months. Yep. Yeah. What? Yeah. And, um... One of the guys, I wish I wrote their names down, but I didn't because I was watching it while I was working. <laughs> and, uh, um, he said that, you know, once you get to the top and you are in a queue or there is a blizzard, you have to choose between having your oxygen tank go at full blast, but you might run out sooner and then you're left with nothing. Or you can have your oxygen tank, you know, or you can have your oxygen tank be at maybe, I don't know, 25%. But then your oxygen tank will last longer, but you can also become delusional and make decisions that might cost your life, you know? Right. You're literally suffocating. Yeah. And um, those are not choices somebody should have to make. No. (laughs) And I didn't realize, because, you know, it's hard to put yourself in that situation of, like, what it feels like to be in lack of oxygen tank or an an oxygen oxygen, but then also climbing a mountain Right. Physical activity. Yeah. Strenuous physical activity. Yeah. Because when I was watching the one with Aunt Middleton, he said that when you make one step, it feels like you just ran a mile. And just getting that other foot over one after another after another is like is is exhausting. And when I was looking at the list of deaths on Everest and what caused them, a lot of them were lack of oxygen exhaustion, avalanches, and uh, altitude sickness. Like, those were the probably the most common ones. Mm-hmm. Um, and I can't even imagine how tired you would be trying to climb to the top and not having full oxygen. <laughs> I can't even make it through a Chloe Ting workout video <laughs> on YouTube. <laughs> so I can't even fathom. I know. I can't even fathom oh my god that is so insane to me but yeah it's um i in i was getting kind of obsessed over everest and how insane it is and it's weird because there's really not that much information out there about everest as you think it would because it is the tallest mountain in the world like Mm -hmm. And there was only I could I could only find 
two documentaries about it on um, Discovery Plus. And then if you look on YouTube, there's a lot, but there's they're only like maybe two or three minutes long. So, mm -hmm. uh, you know, there's not a whole lot of information about it. But mm -hmm. if you ever had a thought about climbing Everest, maybe just don't. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Or, yeah, maybe just read a good book. Yeah, I mean, if you do feel like you want to go to Everest, uh, maybe go to the China side because I feel like maybe not that many people die um, when you're climbing mm -hmm. it on the on the China side. I don't know if it's easier or if the Nepal one is harder to do. I don't know, but I don't know. Both are hard, so you will get your experience. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you're climbing the tallest freaking mountain in the world. Yeah. Wow. But I can imagine what it would feel like to being at the top and knowing that you are literally above everybody else. Yeah. Like you're on top of the world. Literally. But at the same time, like, just go fly in an airplane, you know? Look outside yeah. the window. Be like, oh, I'm, I'm at the top of the world. <laughs> yeah. And I didn't have to half die to get here. Yeah. So. Wow. That wow. is um, everything that I had about Everest. Um, I find it extremely interesting. Yeah, um, I need to watch those documentaries. Yeah, I would. I want to go try to find some on like, maybe Netflix or Hulu or something to see if they have any other mm -hmm. ones. The one on Discovery was good, um, but I, I definitely want to try to find more because I just want to. I just want to be able to wrap my head around. <laughs> yeah, the craziness that is climbing Everest. But yeah, yeah. For sure. Wow. Yep. Nice. That's not what I expected at all. I thought you were going to be like, okay, here's the 15 people who've made it to the top. Oh, really? Yes. I did not know that many people climbed it. That's insane. Yeah. It's pretty. Wow. It's pretty cool. mm -hmm. Oh, my God. Yeah. That's crazy. Good episode. Yeah. I didn't know how it was going to. I was like, well, maybe I'll just research, you know, um, the deaths and everything but then once i started getting into it i was like oh this is like much deeper than i anticipated but yeah there's a lot wow that's wild nice hopefully you learned something about everest that you maybe you didn't know before um kind of i your, sure did yeah <laughs> kind of pique your interest because i feel like everybody should know more about everest because it's just so crazy mm -hmm. but that's all i had for today i learned a lot good nice all righty well yeah, we'll talk thanks. to you guys in the next episode Bye. Alrighty, guys, that's a wrap. Thank you so much. We really, really appreciate you guys taking the time out of your day and listening to us talk about just whatever's on our mind. Um, hey, if you can go over to our Instagram, Fluff Stuff Official, give us a follow, give us a like, you know, tell us how we're doing, give us some ideas. And until next week, guys, have a great evening and we will see you later. See ya.